podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to the first Wednesday warm-up hosted by myself this season. It's really good to be to be back on and speaking to everybody here. Got a couple of stalwarts of the This Is Ibrox network on with us. Um, but Shug, how are you doing today, Shug? I'm good. Uh, another day closer to the new season. That's all I'm thinking. That's it. And as I said in my tweet earlier on, you're buzzing to be talking about some Brazilians. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> love, love a Brazilian. <laughs> there we go. Um, and uh, Risa, I'm going to call you our, our Dutch football expert for, for this pod, as I know that I've been on with you when we played Ajax and, and any time we've been, we've been linked to Dutch players, you seem to have the, the inside scoop on them. But how, how are you doing today as well? Yeah, I'm good, Kevin. Thanks very much. Um, I was actually in Amsterdam in May, so I'm not going to butcher the accent or anything, but no, I fear but about the football over there. There we go. That's not a Dutch accent you're doing at the minute, then? No, unfortunately not. That's it. There we go. Um, but look, as always in today's show, we have loads and loads to talk about. Um, we've got the imminent arrival of Abdullah Sima on loan from Brighton Hove Albion, which seems all but done. Apparently, he's up getting a medical today. Uh, I think we can expect the announcement of that in the next couple of days. Um, we've got uh, another or a failed bid for, for Brazilian Danilo. Uh, at Feyenoord, we'll, we'll get Reese's um, information on him and what he thinks about him and a general discussion on, on where he fits into the squad. Discuss the, the type of strikers that, that the guys wish. Are we looking at the, the right type of striker? Um, uh, we'll see all this talk, uh, you know, strikers especially. Will we be seeing a change in formation? I know there's been that fabled... Um, three at the back, five at the back, whatever you want to be calling it. But I, I, I've got a wee sneaking suspicion that I think we'll be going to, to a two up top. News that uh, Mateusz Sikowski has joined Slask Warclaw for an undisclosed fee. Um, maybe not talk about him specifically, but just maybe the lack of, of outgoing players. And if there's time, we'll maybe do a wee overview on all the transfers that we have brought in so far. As always, just want to say hello to everybody in the comments. If you've got anything to ask us, Fire it in. We'll do our best to, to ask the guys and, and, and give you an answer on it. And really good to see loads of new faces in there, as always. But for those of you who haven't joined us in the Wednesday show before, I always love doing a wee on this day. Um, maybe bent the rules a wee bit on this for, for Reese um, especially. But on this day in 2014, Rangers re-signed uh, the Scottish Premiership's all-time goal scorer um, in, his, in his short second spell, Reese. He scored 10 goals in 43 games. I think he'll be much more um, fondly remembered for his uh, uh, first stint at Rangers, but Rangers re-signed Chris Boyd in this day. I know you love him, so the floor is yours to wax lyrical about him. Just my absolute hero. I still maintain he was a good player on a bad team back then. He'd scored 20-plus for Kilmarnock the season before. I still remember, I don't know if anybody remembers, the comments might remember, the weird kit launch we done that year. I think Rangers done it like while we were on tour, and he had like Boyd, Miller, and Foster on some pier. Oh yeah, they, they sat, they shot it next to the seaside or something. And I, it was everybody was buzzing. You Boyd and Miller coming back. You had the pal Ricky Foster joining them and all. But I, it wasn't a great spell for him, but 
It's a bit like having a college you take him back whenever he's there. Yeah. And what's your favourite memory of Chris Boyd in his entire time at Rangers? There, There's one for you. The cup final against Dundee United, 2008 or nine, one or two. Mm-hmm. And we drew two each in normal time. Certainly scored two of them. And then scored the one in penalty in the penalty shootout. So, when most of you ask for a big game, big player, don't ask me about old fun games. <laughs> There we go. And and I've just been waiting on this comment from, from Scott Cameron coming in here. I'll bring it up there. Chris Boyd in the second spell at Rangers made Morelos look like a professional, <laughs> a perfect professional in his last year. I, I think it's really hard to, to disagree with that. I, th- I think we can all kind of say that Chris Boyd's second spell definitely wasn't as memorable as his, as his first spell, but but there we go. A chance for you to talk about him, Reese. Um, and Shug, look, I'll come to you in this next one um, as well. Uh, was in 2007 uh, on this day, Rangers signed Demarcus Beasley from another Dutch team, PSV Eindhoven, for three years for roughly about 700k. Uh, I was quite surprised when I was reading this because in my head he played a lot more times for us, but he played 47 times for Rangers. He only scored seven goals as well, um, but he'll fondly be remembered for that game that uh, away to, to Leon, and I seem to remember him not doing too badly against Queen of the South in the, the 2008 Scottish Cup final. Um, he left with two titles, two Scottish Cups, two League Cups. Um, what was your thoughts on Demarcus Beasley's um, time at, at, at Rangers, Shug? He was, uh, was an exciting signing, but never really lived up to through injuries and things like that. Uh, I think he struggled. Uh, the first season it was the Lyon game and that Lyon performance is one of the single best European performances Rangers have ever had. And from Beasley, it was probably one of the best individual performances in a European game for Rangers. Uh, he had phenomenal talent, but just injuries sort of compounded him uh, I guess he left Rangers as a what could have been, I think in 2010. So remember that. But uh, my my claim to fame with uh, Beasley was he was the first <laughs> ever celebrity that had <laughs> my tweets uh, way back when Twitter was in its infancy. He he posted something about uh, accents or something. I saw asked him something about what about the Scottish accent. And he said it was the hardest to learn or something, mm-hmm. uh, which. If he was playing with me, he would have found an even harder accent to learn. So, uh, yeah, no, he's a uh, he's he's never gonna. He's I guess he laid the sort. I think he was the second American Ranger uh, after Gio Bernardino. Uh, so we've had we've had our ups and downs of American signs. I think he's firmly in the middle of them all, above Paul stuff, but not quite up to the Reina standards. There we go. Yeah. Also, I'm going to pull you up there. You definitely called him Giovanni Reina. You've been watching. Um... Oh, I've been watching <laughs> Dom and Claudio. <laughs> I've been playing football manager all summer. So that's where I'm stuck. Yeah, that that's that exactly, man. That's so funny. But it's um, like, it's because it's all over Twitter all the time. Anytime he does anything, Giovanni Reina, and I know the US team were, was it the CONCACAF Cup or something like that? They recently won, so I know there was a lot of stuff. Because I know, obviously, we've been linked or, or had a lot of Americans playing with us. Had obviously had a big a big one last year. So I've got the US national men's team stuff on on Facebook, and it was all Giovanni uh, Reina centered. So there we go. Um, but look, Sugar, I'll, I'll stick with you in this one. Um, the first point I want to bring up here, I, I think it's one of the 
now a, a badly kept secret and it all but looks that, that Abdul, uh, Abdullah Sima will be signing for Rangers. I know it's been reported about, it's like Sky Sports. So when those guys are reporting it, you can bet your bottom uh, door on it that, that he will be signing. So um, it looks like he'll be signing on a season-long loan from Brighton Hove Almain. Um, it's well documented. He started his career at Slavia Prague, and, and that was the thing I was trying to. I was trying to remember him from. That. I seem to remember him doing quite well in that game, but the only thing I can remember him was was all running away and almost celebrating that um, <laughs> that that goal that, that Alan McGregor saved away over in in Slavia. Um, but again, he was reportedly sold to Brighton for for seven million pounds. He's been loaned out the last couple of years to Stoke. Um, he only had two appearances there, scored no goals, but I'm understanding that it was, and where have you heard this before when Rangers have been linked with signing a player? It was injury-laden. Um, and then the next move he had was on loan to a year over to Angers in France with 30 appearances and four goals. He's known for his, his directness and, and his dribbling ability, Shug. What do you think uh, of this signing? Yeah, uh, directness and dribbling ability. Kind of fast and Sakala is, I would say. Uh, I'm sure he's proclaimed he's a top dribbler. Uh, but no, hopefully, maybe we're a bit more composure than passion. It seems to be seems to be the route that we've went down with Michael Beale, and I know it is a route that we have to go down. We seem to be trying to pick up players that have been good and maybe lost their way a little bit. We've seen that obviously with Todd Cantwell and a lot of the players that were being linked with and things like that, it seems to be players that aren't, have had potential, never quite reached it. And I think that Michael Beale's the man that can actually get them back up there and they can get them turn them into top players. I've seen that the deal has supposedly have a, a clause in it that we can buy, just like Malik Tillman. A clause where we can actually make the deal permanent, which that would be my one thing with loan transfers. I would always like to see that a potential opportunity, especially if we can make best part of two million pounds out of it yeah, as it looks like we'll do with Tillman but it's yeah it's it's we're talking about formations and things I think it's the way Michael Beale's going to play I think it's don't want to jump too far ahead but I think it'll just be similar to this season but I think he's wanting that front four that 10 and the two wingers and the or two 10s and the striker to be interchangeable so I think Simmer can move from the right wing and he can play up top and things like that so it's it is that interchangeable way so I think he'll fit in I think whether he's man of the match against us in the, the infamous game the Glenn Kamara that game he was man of the match against us at Ibrox but it was yeah so if he can if he can bring that sort of standard and that sort of play then he'll be a right asset and he should be able to do real damage for us, so yeah, I'm quite excited by it. Yeah, um, Reese RFC 72 here says, Wouldn't look into the stats at Angers, they were by far, uh, by far the worst team in France last year and created absolutely nothing. But as supporters and fans, we can never help but do that. It's the certainly for a forward, it's the first thing I look at is how many appearances they've got and how many goals do they have. I mean, that's in the last. Don't get me wrong, his, his goal-scoring record at Slavia Prague, I, I don't have it written down, but I think it was roughly a goal in every two games for somebody that predominantly played a bit wider rather than, than through the middle. Is it a concern that he doesn't have a goal sco- great goal-scoring record, that this is another forward that Rangers have been linked with that, that, that doesn't seem to... I mean, he scored 
I think six or four goals in the last two two seasons. No, I, for me personally, I don't think it's much of a worry. I I nodded when I seen RFC's comment. I totally agree with that. I think Angel last year were horrendous. I th- I'm certainly had off field issues and stuff as well going on, but um, I think it's hard to judge a player when he's playing in a basement side that aren't really going to create much. It's a bit like when you see the yo-yo strikers going to the championship to the premiership. I don't honestly think the gap's that big. It's just that when you go from a ball-dominant team to not having the ball quite a lot, they're just really chasing shadows for most of the game. But with Sima as well, the reason the goals don't concern me is I think he's more of a winger. I think he's more of a soul-backing type. See the type that he's tall, he's quite lanky, he's quick, he'll get a run at you and he'll go directly to goal. But he's got that technique to be able to come in have a shot and get a goal away. But it just remains to be seen. I think standard a keeper in France is probably a bit better than what it is in the SPFL. But I am excited by it. I think there's no harm in it. If we've got the option to buy him at the end date, that's great. But if he comes in, scores goals, contributes, and we end up winning the league, I don't know that many of us will be overly angry at the deal. There we go. And that's Reese just taking my next eight points about Sima straight out of the equation because he's answered them all there. But um, no, I know he's in the sugar. Like, Reese did say something there, and it was something that I was going to come on to. Um, he was played out wide. Um, I, I don't want to say as a, as a winger because I, I don't know about you, Reese, in terms of me looking at it and, and the research that I've done. He, he just seems to be. I don't know how to describe it between the wings and and the centre forward. Do you know what I mean? That that that's where the the, the area that he seems to occupy. Do you he's think a wing he's a wide ten? He's a wide <laughs> ten. Remember Bill said it on Twitter. We don't that's, use wingers. We wide tens. That that's that exactly. Um, do, do you think that's where we'll see him play then, Shug, in that in that position? You know, supporting a striker rather than being the main striker again, as Reese sort of alluded to there. Yeah, no, I, I definitely think that's his strongest position. Um, but uh, I, I mean, that it's hard judging everybody on Sakala since he seems to be what only like regular forward still at the club, uh, or still has a future at the club. Uh, going with the talks of Cholak, but I see him kind of as a better version of Sakala that he he's not a nine. But again, he's not a winger. He just plays somewhere in between. And I think he's an upgrade on Sakala. Uh, but they both get that directness. And I think that's... that's We get fame for playing, as we said, when Beal was here last time with Gerard, the wide tens. I think that's maybe what we'll be looking at playing again. Uh, and as I said, I think they'll be interchangeable. So there'll be times that he maybe go up front, you can maybe go through and plays a nine and somebody else will drop into that position or switch around. It'll be very fluid during the games uh, because we don't seem to be linked with any 40 goal a season strikers. So I think it's going to be a bit rotational and he's looking more for fluid players. It could probably, probably pop up in the left sometimes as well. Mm-hmm. Just horses for courses sort of thing. And again, comparing them to Sakala, I'm already putting the the death stand for him compared to Sakala so much, but we've seen Sakala at Rangers playing in the left, playing in the right, playing through the middle and things like that. So 
I think a lot of the strikers were sort of being linked with all these sort of players. Yeah, they, they aren't just one positional players. That's it. Yeah, I'll be very interested to see because I know that's that wide right area for, I mean, as long as I've certainly been on this podcast and n- numerous years before it has been an area where every time it's like, what do we need? Where do we need to improve the right wing? So um, you never know. It, it might be an area um, that it goes into, but but I'm very much with you guys. I think you will play in that. that that's the football manager speak there coming out and you reach the, the wide 10 is I, I don't have a clue what that means but um yeah and look I've got I've got one last question and then after I've asked this question I've got a wee a wee trivia question for for all the um the viewers out there but Reese um I was at the press conference where Michael Beale said that we were, we wouldn't be looking at um getting loan players in and this seems to be a loan player I know it was talked about loads on Twitter, or oh, we shouldn't be getting a guy in, if Michael Bill said we're not getting loans in, but this is maybe slightly different, I feel Brighton have got a, a history of loaning players out where they go and improve, I'm looking at Matoma for example um, I mean, what do you make about this, do you make, do you just think that maybe it's a, a not a, a naive thing that maybe Bill has said, but maybe something that he's just sort of rushed and said, or and, and do you think that Rangers should be looking in the in the loan market for um, for players like this. Kyle, do you remember when the press conference was roughly? Oh, it was a good, good, good month, a month and a half ago, I think. It was a while. Because my thinking is maybe it's now that Ross Wilson's went and Bill's actually come into the role that he's went, actually, mm-hmm. if this is what we're working with and this is our options, then we might need to just bite the bullet. And it wouldn't be the first time a manager or Michael Beal himself has gone back on something they've said. Yeah. Maybe in, a, in an ideal world, I would get 11 academy players and we keep them on, we win the Champions League or whatever. But I, I think it's, you've got to be realistic here. There's a certain level of quality that we can attain. If we can get a Premier League player, the Brighton, very good recruitment, as you've said, I've got an eye on. They want him to develop and think he's valuable. Then mm-hmm. it would be as well to get him in. So if somebody says to us, ah, we'll, we'll loan you Messi, we're just going to go, nah, 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 we said no loans. Nah, Rangers shouldn't be loaning players. Messi, no, nah, nah, if he's no signing, we're not taking him. Mm-hmm. Like, see if the guy comes in, scores you, just for talking sake, 15 goals and gets 15 assists, and we win the league. You get more money to replace him the next year with Champions League money for potentially a better player or secure him in a permanent. I don't see the issue in it, personally, but I think it's just it's good to see David Weir working his connection. That's one a lot of fans have been championing for a while. So, anytime the sporting director will come off, it was get David Weir in. We should be on the phone to David Weir getting players to Brighton, whatever. Maybe this is the start of it. See, I always got to say about loans, there's different types of loans, and I think the only loans you will look at are ones where we can potentially then get the player, a bit like Malik Tillman. Yeah, something that we can come in. We've got a price set, and it's a it's a no risk sort of thing. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. If it works out, we get a good player. If somebody said to me we are going to go and pay seven million pound for Simmer, just now, I'd be like, that's a lot of money for somebody that's not did much the last couple of years. Yeah, but if somebody says we've signed them on loan and we've got a seven million option at the end of the season, 
Mm-hmm. Then I'm all over that because he's got the potential to come in, and if he proves it, then seven yeah. million pound might prove a nothing. I don't think he'll be interested in sort of the Aaron Ramsey type loans or the Ahmed Diallo type loans. The sort of end of the career and the the we're never with Diallo. Didn't matter how good a body was, we we're never ever signing him. I don't think he's intending on getting any loans like that. But ones that can potentially come in do a good job for us, and we've got an option at the end of it. I think they are smart loan deals. It's almost try before you buy, yeah, to quote some rubbish advertisement. But uh, <laughs> it's uh, I can understand them loans. Uh, definitely don't want to see us filled up with players that we can't get at the end of the deal, that's for sure. Yeah, that, that's exactly. That seems to be the... Um... The, the chat and the and the, the comments anyway. I know there's a few a few um disagreeing opinions in, in terms of the, the loan market, but there's a few comments I think I'm gonna bring up here. Tarnox here says could be that Salima or sorry Sima wasn't actually a target, but the opportunity presented to the club and Bill's gone for it. Um Gavin Quinn here says buying two strikers at the beginning of the season. However, if he gets a loan spell and spends all his budget in Danilo then I'm all for that. This boy Sima will score goals in the SPFL. I I agree with that. Um, sentiment as well. Um, look, we've just mentioned Danilo there, Reese, so we will come on to him next. Um, obviously, he's a Brazilian forward. Uh, it's full name, and I, I always love it when you give it the, the Brazilian football players their full name. It's Danilo Pereira da Silva. Um, obviously, just goes by Danilo. He's played his whole pro career in the Eredivisie. He's played for Ajax. I know that's your kind of, of second team, recent. As you said, you were you were over there watching, was it the last game, second last game of the season or something like that? Yeah, it was the last game of the season. Yeah, it was Ajax. The, the, funnily enough, Dovikas, I can't remember if he was playing that day, but another one to link with as the Utrecht striking. There we go. Well, I hope you hopefully were in the, the Ajax arena with your, your Bassi three top on um there. Um but I said yeah, he's been at Ajax, he was then on loan at FC twenty and then he moved to Feyenoord. Um at the beginning of the season, by all accounts, he was Feyenoord's main man. I'm sure you'll be able to tell me. I can't remember the name of the boy that's that's replaced him. I know he's the, the Mexican centre forward. Santiago Jimenez. Jimenez, there you go. Um, maybe maybe I should put Shug down as the Dutch football expert as well then um, but yeah he seems to be of a very very similar profile to, to Cyril Dessers Reese. Um, seems to be a lot of movement a lot of pressing uh, I see you're furrowing your brows at that statement there but his goal scoring record is as follows for Ajax he had 17 appearances 8 goals 20, 34 appearances 17 goals and Feyenoord 47 appearances and 14 goals Reese, the floor is yours to tell us all about Danilo now, Danilo looks a very exciting transfer. He's one I would definitely get behind. I think Lammers, Dessels, just about everybody they've been like us so far. I think the chat will testify. I'm usually the pessimist in the group that goes, oh, Jesus, he's not had 10. That's that and the next thing. So, Danilo's goal record looks good. Definitely something I can get behind. He's used to playing in a team that's expected to challenge at the top of the league. He's used to playing in an exciting system, which Feyenoord were one of the best teams in Europe to watch last year, as much as I didn't like it. Um, they were very, very good under Army slot last season. And I think he's just been unlucky. Santiago Jimenez has been a brilliant player, probably one that you could see either being a cult hero at Feyenoord for five years or transferring to a top five league. And Danilo's just been almost like a bridesmaid. 
but every time he's come on, he still managed to chip in with a goal. But he's done pretty well this season. I was just looking at his stats there. He's started 14 games. He's averaged 40 minutes a game, or just under 10 goals. Um, he's averaged about 22 bouts of 90 minutes this season. But if he's got 10 goals and 3 assists, it's not a bad feat for a substitute. If it was a Rangers player, I think we would all be pretty satisfied with that. Now, we're not expect, expecting him to be a sub. So if he comes in, especially for the kind of money they're all looking for, he's going to be a starter. And you just assume if he's playing more games, getting a starting with the rhythm of the game as it goes, he's going to do well for us. Wouldn't expect him to be much of a, a channel runner. His season heat map, if you watch it, is very central. He's a very central player. He's not going to go out with the 18, I don't think. So it might maybe conflict with Bill's trying rotation. If he tries to rotate the front three, might not shoot the nail, but it's definitely a transfer I would get behind. Plus, just as we were talking before, I looked up that Ajax threat game. Dubicast <laughs> did start, scored, and he was the big number nine up front. That was quite impressive. Do you... There you go. So you're telling us that we're actually looking at the wrong centre forward in, in the, over in the Netherlands, then, Reese. Um, Dovikas for me, he did impress me that game. He kind of stood out. You were looking at him, going, "Who's the big lanky guy up front for him?" Like he must either be really old or he's getting a move. And there you have it. But if we're going for Benilo, I can get behind it a lot more than what I probably could anybody we've been linked with before. So if we get Benilo. See my maybe a left winger in, I'll be more than happy for this season. Yeah. Um, Callum C here says if we can't get Danilo, we should just get Shankland. And I'm, I'm bringing this up because Darren has then said Shank Nilo, <laughs> which I think is pretty good. You know, if his name was Shank Nilo, <laughs> I bet he would be in the blinking market for him. But but there we go. Um, Chuck, yeah, I mean, obviously, Reese there's given us a, a, a wee bit in, in Danilo there and, and the type of player that we can perhaps expect at Ibrooks. Um, but but what do you think of this profile? Someday again, for me, it's not it's not a great goal scoring record, and, and and I mean again, you could correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe a goal every two games isn't isn't so bad, especially for for Ajax and especially in a league like the Eredivisie, which is similar to to our own. Um, is that are you are you happy that we're being linked? Well, not that we're being linked. We, we've actually bid on a guy um, from Holland. What what's your thoughts on this? Yeah. It's- it is. I think he's going to want three or four players to contribute 40 goals rather than two players contributing 40 goals. I think it seems to be the way it's going to go. Uh, I mean, Danilo he just joined Feyenoord last summer and they're selling him on for the same price, which, well, they're looking for the same sort of prices with the bottom four from Ajax. So it's a. Uh, it's, I don't know another one that he's he's maybe rocked up and he's got all the potential and ability and he's maybe not. I know that Santiago Jimenez had a great season. Uh, only know because I seen he was linked with Man United. Uh, but you'd think if your big man was being linked, well, moved to the Premier League, you'd sort of hold on to somebody if you thought that yeah he's going to take its place. So it's maybe somebody that Bills looked at and thought I can get more out of him and. Uh, 
he's the good thing I think compared to Dacers is that he's almost at the other end of the age scale. He's just turned 24 rather than being 28 coming 29. So a couple of good seasons in Scotland and all of a sudden you're selling him to England for 20 million. Yeah. It's definitely one that I can't comment too much on because I've not seen a whole load of him. But uh, mm-hmm. if Michael Beale he's been in the job long enough, he's been in Scotland way long enough time to be able to identify players that he thinks will fit his system that will win us the league. So I'm happy to go with Michael Beale on it and trust him on it. A bit like the whole Sam Lamas transfer, uh, where it doesn't look spectacular, but Bill's obviously got a role in mind and obviously sees him doing something here that he's not been able to do the last couple of years. So, again, Bill thinks he's the man to do it and we're going to pay that sort of money. I would hope that it's money well spent. Yeah, look, Sugar, I'm going to stick with you seeing as you're talking about about the money spending on it. I know there was a bit of a a debate on on social media yesterday between Rangers fans. T- tell me a day where there's not a debate between Rangers fans and on social media, but um, it, it was regarding the the fee that was that was offered for it. It's been reported in the Dutch media that Feyenoord are looking for about eight million pounds. Um, I, I believe Rangers offered about three three point five, but again, Dutch media says that. If we offer about five million pounds, it looks like we'll, we will get this guy. Um, where do you stand on this all? Do you think Rangers should just go out and just pay the five million quid or, or pay a bit more if, if we really want this striker? Or do you think that this is all just part and parcel of, of, of modern football and things like that? Where, where do you stand on it all? Yeah, I'm quite happy to haggle and try and get the best price. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's all we are, I think. If we go at the table with five million there, what and eight, all of a sudden you're looking at paying six, seven. But they're now they're saying they wouldn't they'll settle for five because it's starting so low at three. Uh, teams know the price of their players. We know the price of our players when we would sell and it doesn't matter if somebody comes in with one million or twenty million, you know when you're gonna sell. Uh, fine or or not gonna be hard up. Uh, or Dutch champions, I'm sure they could sell a few players for quite a big, substantial bit of money. They'll be in the Champions League next season, yeah. so they're not going to be hard up, so they will be hard to deal with. Uh, if they wanted to keep him, we wouldn't get him. Uh, so, yeah, they can, but as we've seen with Dessers, I think we seem to have walked away from that one because we weren't willing to pay the money, and I think it'll be the exact same with Danilo. We'll have a price in mind as well, and we won't go above what we think. So we would think it's only worth three or four million pounds. Rangers yeah. won't pay more than that. And I'm fully behind the club in that one as well, because that's how we got into trouble once upon a time was paying too much for players uh, that weren't worth what we paid for. So we'll have our price in mind. Final will have their price in mind. If they're too far apart, it'll not happen. But I'm definitely not one because we're not a rich club. <laughs> we're not we not the 1990s Rangers where we could just go out and spend whatever we like, more or less. We're not that club anymore, so we've got to try and get the best value for a player that we can. So, again, it's another one we've got to trust the club on, and they'll keep us right and do the right thing. And I think with the with the new management behind the scenes and things like that, doing Spiscrove and things coming in, I think 
they are no mugs and I don't think anybody's going to take us for a ride and that sort of thing. Yeah, totally agree. It's really hard to disagree with you there. I, I, I'm a firm believer in, in the opinion that something is only worth what you are willing to pay for it. And I very much believe, like you, that, that that's the philosophy that, that ranges are going down. Now, for what it's worth, I think I, I think we maybe will meet in the middle with a, with a guy like this. Um, but Reese Shug there mentioned uh, Cyril Dessers. If we do end up getting Danilo, I'd like to get your thoughts on it. As I said, they seem to be similar-ish profile strikers. Do you think that we will go out and get Danilo and then get Dessers, or do you think it's one of the other type thing? No, I, I think being realistic, it's got to be one or the other, especially with the fees that are reported. I mean, we've just lost Ryan Kent on a free tra- uh, an end of contract, rather, and we weren't willing to go above, what, say, four million for Lewis Palmer. Mm. So I can't see he's going to spend, say, five million in the because I don't think Feyenoord will go for eight. Feyenoord saying they want eight is a bit like Rangers saying they want to take anything less than six for Glen Kamara. That's how I view that one. But um, I to spend five million on Daniel and then potentially four on Dessels. As a fan, I'd like to see it, but <laughs> being realistic, there's no chance of it. But just to go back to VAR and what Shug had said there, we're not the same, com- we're not the same company, Shug, just in case anybody decides to jump on that. They'd use the word club there, we'll get the VAR check on that one. They were the same different company. Well, well spotted, Reese. I've, I've got to say. Um, and seeing as we're on talking about strikers and all that stuff, Reese, like I'll, I'll stick with you in this wee question here, and I think I think you know kind of what's coming because I've been rattling on about the the goal scoring for for the for the players that we've been linked with. Um, I see Michael Keane here brings up another guy, Josh Maggio, which you can you can mention in this answer if if you wish as well. Um, but for me, I am a bit concerned about the lack. I, I just want somebody that, that scores goals. I mean, the players that we've brought in, like, again, we might come on to them later on, but your your Dowels, your Lammers, your Sima, they do not seem like your, your out-and-out goal scorers. They seem like the guys that are there to set up this. I feel like we have a lot of players in our team that are doing this now, if you include your your Cantwells, your your Hadges, and, 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 and even your fullbacks in that as well. I want. I now want us to go out and get a guy that can stick the ball in the back of the net, like your Chris Boyd. Where do you sit in that? Do you think that we are looking at the right type of profile of strikers? Because that's clearly what we're doing. I'm imagining. I don't know if it's John Park or even before Wilson left or whatever that Beale has said. Look, this is the two types of of strikers I want because. Dessers and Danilo, you can kind of bracket into one. Sima and Traore are, are very, very similar um, forwards as well. So, yeah, I mean, what do you think? Do you think we are profiling the right type of striker here? I think we're moving towards it. I think Danilo is certainly an indication that we're moving towards it. I do think Sima, I think he would score goals here. I don't worry about him just sort of being a creator. I think we've seen enough of him at Slavia where, like, Soul backing who absolutely tore it up at Bodo Glimp. He was very direct. See, when he was cutting in, it wasn't to find a wee angle or just like go horizontal the way that Ryan Kemp would go. Ryan Kemp would just go like parallel to the halfway line. Wouldn't go anywhere towards the goal. He'd just bring it right into number 10. But I think Seema's very 
he's, he's sort of halfway between Sakala and Kent. Sakala goes for the byline, Kent goes for the halfway line. He's more, <laughs> I'm going for both. He's a bit between the two of them. So I'm quite happy we're bringing him in because I think he's another that Bill could add to his second strikers types, as in, will have a shot at goal striker. Danilo, very good goal record this season, I would say. I like the fact that he's come through the Ajax Academy. It shows he's got a decent pedigree. He's been trusted enough to come through such a system where they're competing at under 13 level. I'm not kidding on. I mean this in like a total honesty. I was at the match Ajax Youth Threat said it before. At half time they were flashing up the the under thirteens tournament where they had played PSV that moment. At half time they had the two under thirteens captains parading the trophy on the pitch. And like <laughs> The under-13s boys had their own graphics on the big screens and that, like, wow. celebrating a goal. So these boys come through and they're competing for an early age and they're expected to win. Yeah. So if he's only gone from Ajax to final, a totally different ball game from Alexa Cholak, who have constantly been at lesser sides in the league. So I think definitely we need strikers because I'm getting worried about that one as well. Yeah. It's getting to the point where you're like, just do something, please. But... Uh, yeah, I think Danilo, I would 100% get behind. Dessel's not so much. And I f- Listen, mate, that's because he's from Holland. That That's your bias kicking in there, Reese. That's what that is. Um, Dessel's so, not a Feyenoord as well. Uh, I, I might have been at Feyenoord. I'm not too sure. I, I know he was over. Is it Cremonese he's playing for over in Italy at the moment? I'm, I'm yeah, sure yeah. Can... Feyenoord. Well, there you go then. Um but uh, look, Shug, I'll ask you a very similar question to that too. Do you feel that that we are profiling the right type of striker? Would you like to see us being linked with somebody that that is scoring a bit more goals than than the players that we've been that we've been linked with so far? I would always love to see us linked with somebody that scores for fun. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, there's no guarantees. Uh, remember, showing my well, not <laughs> quite my age, but uh, James Beatty would come up here and score for fun and uh, that one didn't work out so I think it's I think Michael Beale has got what he wants in a striker what he sees, what he wants is that I look, like I said with llamas and things like that, there's stuff that on the face of it, it doesn't look good but obviously Beale's saying something that he believes he can get X amount of goals out of llamas and stuff like that so and I'll be the same with Danilo and uh, Dessers and things that the other strikers we've been linked with. We uh, all have a certain, whether it's pace, whether it's the pressing. It's more than just the one thing, but you'd like to think there'll be some composure in amongst some of them, uh, and they will take chances. Uh, so I think a lot of the times we forget a lot of these strikers are playing in better leagues than Scotland. Uh, and teams that don't have as much ball and don't create as much chances as we do. So somebody that maybe scores five or ten goals in Italy could come across here and score 20, 25, uh, because he's all of a sudden he's playing against absolute Muppet defenders. Uh, <laughs> and he's going to get chance after chance. I mean, I hate looking across the other side of the city, but you've got a guy that's not good enough for the Japanese national team and he's been top scorer on Scotland for fun. Mm-hmm. So, 
I mean, it's. I don't think you have to be a Macy or a Haaland or something to be the top goal scorer in Scotland. Yeah. So I think it's something that Bela have identified attributes within players and things like that, that he'll believe that he can get more out of them here and them getting more opportunities, they will score more goals and mm. it might shock you just how many goals some of these players might come in and score. I mean, if we're going to go down the goal scorer, you'd think Cholak would have had a chance, but That's he's that. way at the back of the list. He's at the back of the bus in terms of getting any chance at Rangers. Yeah. Bill was preferring a, I was going to say an unfit Morelos. Morelos was unfit for nearly every year he was here, but an unfit, uninterested, nothing but anger. Morelos over giving Cholak a chance towards the end of the season. So he's obviously not wanting a one-dimensional striker. Maybe that's a bit harsh on Cholak, but mm-hmm. he's obviously not wanting that. Just he scores goals and that's it. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see what these players' figures will be at the end of the season, if only we could go forward 12 months and actually see. But it might surprise us that some of these low scorers, eh, I know Alex is getting well upset with a number of five-goal strikers we're being linked with, but it will be interesting to see how many of the goals they will actually end up with when all of a sudden, instead of two chances a game, they're getting five and six chances a game. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm definitely channeling my inner Alex Donaldson here with, with this rant about the, the goal scorers not, not being enough. But um, Rangers Loyalist here backs up what you were saying there. And by the way, good to see you're doing doing well in the comments here, Rangers Loyalist. But put a half-decent goal scorer and a good attacking Rangers team will score goals. I suppose that I suppose you're right. Seven goals in Italy might translate to 20-odd goals in, in, in Scotland. Um, you never know. But um, look, I'm going to come back. As I said, we are a podcast. I like it when questions come in. Um, we have had a question um, from Michael King here he said guys do you still think we need a centre back I know we've predominantly focused on the on the forward area for the last sort of 40 minutes but that's because we've been we've been linked with two forwards but but Reese, I'll come to you in this um, obviously there's Ben Davis was or Ben Davis Ben Davis is, is it was well documented last season that he wasn't perhaps everybody's flavour and just lacked a bit of don't know. I couldn't quite put my finger on it. it just whatever it is, I, I just don't think he has it to 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 play for Rangers. If you know what I mean, in terms of getting stuck in and and, and be willing to, you know, those couple of times last season, I was like, just clear the ball out the pitch and take the man with you. That's what we're asking for. Um, but yeah, do do you agree with um what Michael King said here? Do you, do you think that we still need another centre half, Reese? No, I don't think so. I think we've got four able centre backs. I think. I don't know where the witch the witch hunt for Ben Davies came from last year. Mm. I don't, honestly don't see anything wrong with the guy. Like even people are pointing to personal issues and that on Twitter just as like almost getting this manhunt going. Like we don't want to become some sort of Harry Maguire like entertainment business where everybody in Twitter's lambasting this one guy. Yeah. I think he's he's more than able. I'd put him probably on a par with Suter and I'm in the fake order. Part on Goldson. I think there was a game Dundee United at home. Goldson got done on the halfway line. Like the ball, the boy just knocked the ball by him, went right down the right wing, played the ball across. It's a tap in. You've seen it so many times. We've conceded from it, and Davies is there to help him out. He's the only one that can. Well, sort of takes the ball with him, but Davies' passing is probably equally as good as Goldson's, mm. and. If you've got Leon King there as a fourth choice, 
ideally you'd maybe want him to get out and moan so he actually develops and plays games. But in the case that we keep Ben Davies, which I don't have an issue with, I don't think that's where we prioritise. See, while in Shug was saying Cholak's at the back of the queue, Cholak's our best number nine at the club now. So fix that, then we'll fix centre-back maybe in the future. Yeah, the irony's not lost on me that I'm crying out for a goal scorer in and, and I hate this phrase, but on paper, Cholak looks like the, the ideal guy to have in a system where you're just putting the ball in an area where somebody knows where the back of the net is. But I, I digress from our, our centre-half um, chat. And, and to your point about Ben Davies and, and, and maybe why people have been clambering for, for centre-halves, like, I think he, he made a couple of, not, not high-profile mistakes, but there's a couple of games he was a bit... Um, he didn't have his best performances and there was maybe goals that, that people attributed to him and the fact that, that Bill and, and, and again another press conference said, because I, th- I think everybody was a bit shocked when he said that we will need to, when he was talking about players that we were going to identify and bring in in the summer, he named centre-half and I think that's when everybody was going, why is he saying centre-half? We've got four sort of capable centre-halves here. Because you said we've got Goldson, um, Suter, King and Davies. Callum here, Callum C says, big suitor will be a top centre-back if he stays injury-free. Couldn't disagree with that. I, I think he even has the potential to be a future Rangers captain um, if, if he does stay that. And um, RFC72 here, if the comment is coming up. No, it's not working. No, it's up. It's the one about possibly two. Kyle Frost looks me and Yuri's. Tell me I froze there, but Goldson picking up more injuries, I, I'm a bit sceptical of that, I think. Goldson throughout his career, he stayed pretty injury-free other than the heart scare. Ah, he's maybe picked up one in the last year, but it might have just been a contact one, or he did seem to hurt his Achilles, I think, in the Old Firm game. I think that's why he maybe missed a few towards the end of the season, and you've seen it as soon as it happened, he was trying to stomp it out, but I think Goldson's pretty reliable for the foreseeable. And so it's a bit like Kamal Roof. They're best player in that position because they're injury free. But if I, had, if I had made it as a football player, I'd be a millionaire. But I didn't, so I'm, I've known. <laughs> That's fine. I, d- I don't know. I, I went away there for a 30 seconds or so. Did, did you notice? Yeah. So oh, I did. Thank you very much for that. That was well done. I wasn't expecting you to be chatting away there <laughs> at least when I came back on. But yeah, look, Sugar, I ask you a very similar question. Do we need another centre-half? I know we've been linked with Panzo and uh, Trusty especially. What's your thoughts on that? What, what's your thoughts on us getting a guy like Panzo or Trusty in? Do you think we need these guys? I don't think it's lost on people that they're left-sided centre-backs that we're being linked with. Yeah. yeah. Hollanders just went out the door. Uh, I guess that leaves us a one short, but relying on Hollander, we've been one short for the last three years. Uh, so, um, my big concern with Davies was that he's not a kid, and as soon as Goldson wasn't there to hold his hand, was when the mistakes started happening, and that's the sort of thing like. I always think back to Danny Wells and Luke DeWald, Peter, when he was beside Davey Weir. And then as soon as he left Rangers and he didn't have Davey Weir holding his hand, all of a sudden he was struggling. And again, how many centre-halves have we had in the last few years that looked brilliant beside Goldson? But as soon as Goldson's been out injured, 
all of a sudden they struggle a wee bit. Uh, so I can understand. He's, I think Davies, for want a better one, is a, a pretty defender. He looks yeah. good. He looks good at what he's doing and things like that. But is he the sort of guy that's going to put his head on the line and things like that? Uh, if it comes to, I'm not entirely sure. And we know it's Rangers, so we know that somebody's doesn't matter how good we are. There's always going to be somebody that's going to be getting stick, and it just so happened that it was Davies that ended up getting a lot of it. Yeah, and John Suter returning and looking really good. Yeah, I think put Davies back down the pecking order again. Yeah, I think we all the talk when you're saying about formations going to a five or a three, whatever it is. I think that's. I mean, Dujon Sterling can come in and play. It's centre half as well, but that's maybe where a lot of the talks come that we need another centre half. I'm kind of a reason that we only really need four recognisable centre halves. Yeah, I think last year was a bit of a a bit of a horror show when we ended up with Lundstrom and Sands playing at centre half. Yeah, I don't think that'll happen too often when you'll have four centre backs out. Yeah, yeah, but it's a Doc Wallace back, so we're not going to have any injuries ever again. So uh, we don't need to worry about that sort of thing happening. Uh, so I can see, I'm with reason that I would. We need to get a striker in. That's a priority. Uh, but I do think before the transfer window shuts, we will see another centre half, and that'll obviously be accelerated. I've, Ben Davies does leave, but I don't think he's going to because with goals and being out till the start of the season, and the Champions League qualifiers coming quite soon. At the start of the season, I don't think we're wanting to change our arm and having Leon King and John Suter as well first choice in the halves. So uh, I think Davies will be here till till the end of the summer anyway, and only then I think we'll maybe see one in, one out. Yeah, that's that as well. Um, kudos to you for mentioning Doc Waller because, you know, I, I was very ecstatic when, when he was announced that. But as Dean Millen says here, totally agree with you, Dean. Doc Waller is the best signing of the window so far. <laughs> no more using sledgehammers to treat our players. And by the way, Reese, just see as a wee aside, it's, it's generally one of my favourite things is when I put the comments up watching your face reacting to them. It's so funny. Um but yeah, um, that's that. Why? Because I was I was laughing so much when I was bringing up the roof comments and just seeing you shaking your head. And it's I know every see I feel like this is going to happen with us every season. I love Kamar Roof in terms of how I got to see him before he came to Rangers playing at Leeds, and I, he's a fantastic player. But I, I think I'm at that stage now where he just he will never be fit. He will not be fit for us. And if he does anything, we get as a bonus. See with Kamar Roof, right? Like, see when he's fit and he plays well, brilliant. Seeing Christmas Day, Santa's brilliant. He's no use in April. <laughs> Honestly, I think I'm going to start calling you Ian Holloway with the amount of these wee stories and stuff like that that you come up, up with. But, yeah, again, hard to disagree with you here. Um, look, Shug, I'll stick with you in this wee, wee next point here that I just want to say. Um, obviously, the, the news came out, I think, about an hour, hour and a half before we came on. It was a, one of the shortest news articles I've ever seen on the Rangers um, news website. It just said that Matej Sikowski has joined uh, Slask Warclaw for an undisclosed fee. Um, 
I don't want to talk about him in particular, but he's the kind of, since the, the five left at the end of the season, your Halander, Kent, Morelos, uh, Arfield and, and McGregor, he's the first player that, the, our first first team player that has departed. Are you concerned with the amount of players that, that are not going out? Because I think, again, my impressions of the way Bill's been talking, that he's wanting a smaller squad. Um, and yeah, there's been nobody gone out so far. What, what's your thoughts on this? Well, we say nobody. Six are out already. Yep. So that's two more than what we've brought in. We've brought in four so far. So it's yep. a. I think. I think football's turned into a twelve-month thing. Uh, people are saying like that was internationals last week, and that's players back in pre-season training this week. Uh, there's not really a break and things like that. So all of a sudden, because pre-season started, we are like, oh, oh we need all our signings in, we need all our signings out. When and I would like to actually go back in the past and see when we've had six players out the door and four in the door before we've started pre-season. Uh, I think we're maybe ahead in some of that. But yeah, we've definitely got to get some out. But I think they will... Because it's all so sort of chain reaction. As soon as one player moves from one club, then they sign something. It all goes round, and hopefully we'll see the likes of Scott Wright and things like that. Maybe exiting the door. Yeah, a wee five million bid for Sakala might be accepted. Something like that. Yeah, seen talk about Cholak linked with Bremen and things like that, but you don't want to get rid of Cholak because he's our only fit striker. Yeah. So that's part of that as well. Uh, not wanting to get rid of players before before you replace them. Uh, so it's got to be when you look at it, when you think the players we've brought in, they've really only replaced the players like Butland's replaced McGregor, Sterling's replaced Sikowski, which the only things I know about Sikowski is he was from Poland and <laughs> his girlfriend's famous on Instagram. Yeah, I think that's the only two things I learned about him in his whole time in Scotland. I think that yeah. confirms that it was the worst January transfer window in the history <laughs> of the football club. Sikowski, yeah, Ramsey, Diallo, and somebody else came in in that window. That was four, and they were men's. Yeah, so that was quite possibly the Ross Wilson's lowest. Um, James Sands. James Sands, there you go. So, yeah, uh, a strike rate of one and two for transfers probably isn't great, but a zero for four is an awful strike rate. So, uh, goodbye to that January transfer window. Uh, never let it be spoken about again. Uh, so, yeah, I think we will see players going out. Uh, I'm sure Glenn Kamara, I mean, well, Kamara went out the door and things, but Kamara just finished playing for Finland. Last week, and it's like, well, he's surely he's got to be going on a break and stuff like that before he sorts out his future and things like that. So, yeah. we will see players go, and the squad will change in the next few weeks. But I'm glad that we've got a core apart from maybe the striker, we've got the core of the team are in the door ready to go. Uh, Friday, I believe, pre season starts. Uh, We've got the core of the team. I know the internationals will be a wee bit longer, but we've got the core of the team ready to go. 
uh, because we know our biggest games of the season are going to be coming up in August in the Champions League qualifiers and uh, putting the sword into Brendan Rodgers uh, in the first old firm. So, yeah, as long as you're ready to go for them and we win them, uh, we get to rather than all the money that we make from the Champions League and get to enjoy seeing some sharks getting thrown across the city. Yeah. Uh, that would be a glorious end to the August for me. Uh, but yeah, no, I think I think we're still in a good place. I'm not really concerned about it just yet. Yeah, no, that's that's fair enough. You've maybe put my mind at ease a wee bit there by some simple maths and saying that we we've actually let go more players than than we've brought in so far. But um, yeah, Reese, it's, it's a similar question to you. I mean, are you? Shug mentioned a couple of the guys there. I mean, there's two in particular that I'm a bit surprised have not moved on already. Again, you don't know what's happening behind the scenes in, in terms of agents and all that stuff, but the two are uh, Glenn Kamara, especially after his uh, interview. I think he gave an interview post-match or something like that after a Finland game when he was already talking about Rangers in the past tense and stuff like that. I mean, it, and it was a bit... Disappoint. I know again, Ross of this this parish was very disappointed in the fact that he wasn't. You know, he, he he was talking like he'd left already. And the other guy that I was a bit surprised hasn't been sort of linked more with leaving us as is Borna Barisic. In fact, it's been the the total opposite. I know in on Scott's show on on, on Sunday there, you know, he was very much saying, and, and I, the guys in the comments were all in alignment with that. Yilmaz will be our first choice left back. Um, next season, um, but there was there was paper talk of him being offered a new deal at Ibrox. I mean, you don't have to talk about those two guys in particular, but I mean, are you not concerned, but just getting a bit angsty about the lack of outgoings, shall we say? Well, just to kind of go round the houses a bit with them, um, Scott Wright gone a bit quiet in that press room or not. I know um, there was a lot of people who were dubious about the rumours to begin with, and he was, oh, he was down at the training ground and he'd done a medical and he was about to sign a few weeks later. But it's not quite happened. That could be for a variety of reasons. Kamara, mm-hmm. Kamara's chucked it. See the Hearts game at Ibrox, the first 40 minutes, that guy was out of job. He didn't want the ball. He was honestly just out of run as if, like, I'll keep myself out here. Talking about it in the past tense, I'd like to know how conscious that was. Maybe he's just not the brightest guy. And you know, move the past ends. It could have totally been accidental and he's no meant it. But with Bournemouth, I wouldn't get rid of Bournemouth with him. I think we've got far too much uncertainty in the squad. You forget we've lost McGregor, Arfield, Morelos, Kent, whoever. But for me, Barisic is, I put him in the same category and I said this in the chat before. Him, Lundstrom, I don't know, whoever else are not nows. As in, don't let them go the now. The guy's 30, he's a decent squad option to have. Used to be a starter, I don't think he should be. But he's not a bad option to have. There's poker chip out quicker than a chip him out. He's 30 and arguably in his best season for Rangers, we got what was quite frankly a ridiculous bid of two and a half million for Watford. Yeah. He's now older, played worse, and shown that his character's maybe no the most resolute. So, where's he going to go? What kind of fees he going to get? Is it worth letting him go and adding even more uncertainty to the squad? No, for me personally. Until we've at least stabilised ourselves 
brought in more players, got a much stronger squad overall. Bonner for me, I'd keep him, but Kamara and right, I'd let him go tomorrow if it was up to me. Yeah, that, that's fair enough. I said I maybe slightly disagree with you on the Borna Barisic point. Is what's the point in having a guy like Dujon Sterling in the squad who can cover left back, who can cover right back if, if you're going to keep a hold of Borna? Because I am in agree. I think he's the crazy thing about it is I actually think he was one of our better players last season, but I just think Yilmaz offers you offers you something different, but Look, I think I think that's about all there is to, to say for tonight, as we are just about the hour mark and, and um we've we've covered plenty. I said as always, I always panic that we don't have enough to talk about and I've still got a potential change in formation um and and maybe a, a sort of overview in the signings that we've we've made so far. But I'll keep that for Sunday, seeing as I am on Sunday show. I'll be with Tommy, our managing editor, and Jock, I believe. But I just want to say thanks to, to the guests tonight. Shug, thanks very much for, for joining us tonight. Yep, it's always fun. Looking forward to my next one because the season will be even closer. <laughs> yeah, very true. And Reese, thanks very much for, for coming on and, and sharing what you know about Danilo. Cheers, thanks very much, Gail. Enjoyed it. And always therapeutic talking about Rangers and getting a few rants off your chest. Yeah. It certainly was, and I'm I'm looking forward to to clipping some of your your wee Ian Holloway phrases um for later on. Um, but I think I'll I'll, I'll wrap up because I I forgot to ask this verbally, but I fired it in the comments. There's been three Senegalese players that have played for Rangers. Um, just as a wee, I heard this as a wee trivia question the other day. Um, I think El Hajjouf was was gotten pretty quickly. Reese, I think you got the other one, and Amdi Fai, who was who was brought up in that second spell. Under Walter Smith, I think round about the same time as James Beatty. Fun enough, I'm in my head. They were the uh, two of them. No, years before I think Fry was about about the same time as Kevin Thompson. Fun enough, and Beatty was ten, eleven. That was the year I got my first season ticket. Beatty, I think he was froze again, but Beatty, I had finally enough pinned my hopes on, and then Kenny Miller got twenty two by the January and went to Brussels. Yeah, well, yeah, sorry, it's, I'm having a terrible time with the internet here, but yeah, it's, well, so it was, Amdi Fai was the other one, and, and the third one was a guy that was brought in under Paul Gwen, Nactar and Daye, who, again, that was when I first, yeah, I think he only had a couple of appearances, but but fair play to, to anybody that got that one. But as I said, look, I'll be jo- uh, on the Sunday show, I'll be joined by Tommy and Jock. Um, thanks, everybody, for joining in. Nice to see loads of new people in there at the beginning of the season as well in the pre-season. But if you haven't already, give us a like and subscribe um, and turn the notifications on. But thanks very much, everybody, and we'll see you all again on Sunday. Podcast Network.